I've been decluttering lately. Does everyone know what decluttering is? I think it's a little bit like um, the same advice as planting a tree. Like the best time is 10 years ago. The second best time is now. <laughs> we, um, we've been in our house for 17 years and uh, we never thought ever we'd be in our house for 17 years. So it's a two bedroom, 800 square foot, <laughs> tiny little thing. And we had no kids when we bought it <laughs> and big ideas. And uh, then all of a sudden we had a teenager and a preteen. And uh, after 17 years of waffling, decided to commit <laughs> to the house. And so we had our basement refinished to um, so we could stay there, stay in the neighborhood, make room for the people and their friends. And, but over that many years, we had moved some things in and never looked at them again because we thought, well, someday we'll have a bigger house or a better place for this, or in the future, this will make sense. We'll just leave it and store it. You know, we had a little storage space in the basement. <clears throat> we'll just leave it here for later. And then other things, you know, as life kind of progressed, we had to start making do with that, with the space in the basement. And it was a bit, uh, it was a basement, basementy kind of basement, <laughs> but it had been roughed out a little bit by some previous tenant. So there were some rooms, but they all had locks on the outside of the doors and I, it wasn't great. <laughs> in fact, it was a little, it wasn't great. Um, but when we wanted to stop making do, then we invested in finishing the space. But because we had accumulated so much stuff on top of the stuff that we moved in and never looked at again, uh, it was really, it's been like a move. We had to move half of our house out into a storage space. <clears throat> and then get the work done and do the work and then move it all back in. Now, my husband was uh, smart and decluttered quite a bit <laughs> before we moved it all out. <laughs> and for some reason, I could never quite find the time or energy or interest or curiosity about it. So uh, we moved all the stuff back out. And then to my horror, <laughs> it all started coming back in. And of course, the basement was basically storage before, but now it's a living room and a bedroom and you know, a couple bedrooms, and it has uh, some storage, but not what it was. And I was faced uh, with all this kind of stuff in a, a rather uh, lovely new space. You know, people, this is an exaggeration, but people would ask my husband, you know, what, so what was your basement like? And he'd say, you know, the movie Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> It wasn't that bad, <laughs> but it certainly, it was not an inspiring space. But now all of a sudden we're faced with an inspiring space or a somewhat inspiring space and all this stuff. <clears throat> so, uh, turns out it's quite a bit easier to declutter <laughs> because I don't want to junk up, you know, this new space. 
that we just invested in for the future of our family. Um, so it's, I'm having a ball, you know, <laughs> I think I've got about 30 pounds of photographs that are going in the trash. Just, they're just trash. They're just, uh, duplicates or, um, bad memories <laughs> <laughs> or out of focus or, you know, and it being my generation, I think is, has this problem in a unique way. Like my mom maybe had six photo. I mean, I think I've only seen one or two photos of my mom's wedding of my mom's wedding. And I have like 90 pictures of my junior prom. <laughs> Why? Not even the prom, the part where you stand on, in the driveway and get ready to leave for your junior prom. I need to, you know, maybe just to show my kids that I used to wear heels or something like just for, <laughs> just to verify <laughs> there was a period, you know. So, um, but having this kind of refined space that I don't want to muck up with old, bad, blurry memories <laughs> uh, has really made it easier to be excited and joyful about it. And I mean, now I'm just winging stuff, you know, occasionally I'll snap a pic and show it to some, you know, send it to someone, uh, hey, do, where was this? Or do you remember this? Or were you sitting around hoping for pictures of you in high school? Because <laughs> here they are, I have them. <laughs> and it's, um, it's reminding me a bit of uh, um, kind of the progression of progress in a, in a practice over time. Oh. This question comes up a lot, you know, like I've, uh, I've been practicing for a while, things are going really well, I'm feeling lighter and brighter and kinder and uh, everybody's also a little bit nicer. <laughs> What's with that? You know, we see kind of things blossoming. And then all this like other stuff <laughs> starts coming up. You know, we see, oh, am I really like that? Was I really like that? I have a lot of work to do. Boy, my speech is really like this and I really can't stop eating too much ice cream. And I'm, you know, and then I don't meditate as much and I can't. And, it, and people will say like, well, how come it was going so well for a while? I'm still doing what I was doing, but now it feels like I'm failing. And what I think is happening, or what's what I've seen happen for myself and to other people, is that our standard goes up. Our standard becomes refined. You know, we're building, investing in a beautiful space. We're investing in a beautiful mental space. We're investing in a beautiful heart space. You know, we're investing in our future of growth. And then we start to see the stuff that doesn't fit anymore, even though it fits somehow forever. 
in the shadows. I mean, I can go on with analogies, but I think it uh, it's reminded me of that process. You know, I invested in something beautiful and there really isn't room anymore for what's not useful, what's not beautiful, what doesn't serve me now, what doesn't serve my home, what doesn't serve my family, something that might be useful in the future. <clears throat> you know, the... Um, the teachers in our tradition, the monks and nuns, you'll hear them saying over and over, don't do something now to get enlightened in the future. <laughs> what you're doing now isn't for being enlightened in the future. What you're doing now is being enlightened now. It is... Um, the work, the means, is inextricable from the end. It's the same. Now, what we're doing now is building the habits for what we're doing in the future. We don't have to wait for the future. And that's why I like thinking about, um, you know, meditation. I talked about it a little bit in the in the guidance. Uh, I like sort of putting that framework of right effort onto the meditation. Because on one hand, you can sit down and, you know, go to the object, especially if you're, it's an old hat, you got it. You've been doing this for years. It's really easy just to settle in. But for many of us, it's not. You know, we have all this like little prep work to do, preliminaries, and then coming back, coming back, coming back. And then when we come back, what we do is, <sighs> I should be better at this by now. <laughs> Why am I thinking about dinner? Why am I so fidgety? Or what am I looking at the clock for? Or you know, how come I keep forgetting what I'm doing? But that's all extra. That's all unnecessary and it sets us back but when we look at the practice or you know meditation especially but the practice in general um, through the lens of right effort then there's always something to do that is skillful right here and now so again um <clears throat> you know, encouraging skillful mind states that have not yet arisen. So that's what we're doing when we're sitting. We could we walk in the door. <laughs> that's encouraging skillful mindsets that have not yet arisen. I mean, presumably, maybe you had a great morning <laughs> of uh, continuity of mindfulness and <laughs> absolute, you know, meditative bliss. <laughs> but even coming in the room, we're encouraging skillful mindsets that have not yet arisen. And then when we sit down. There we go again, encouraging those skillful mind states that have not yet arisen. We sit, you know, we get into our posture. We're doing all of this to encourage skillful mind states. And then they arise, or maybe they were a little bit arisen when we already got here. Maybe we we're already kind of, 
you know, steeped in kindness and goodness and compassion and equanimity. Many of us are. So let's not forget, we're not starting from scratch. <laughs> you know, every time we put effort in, none of us are starting from scratch. If you're here today, you're not starting from scratch. So then we're, you know, looking at what's already there. Oh, what's beautiful? What's useful? What's skillful? What's kind? What's compassionate? And maintaining that sort of keeping it, holding it, encouraging it to stay. <clears throat> and that's the part in our meditation where we're, when we cut, when, you know, when we lose the object and we come back, when we lose the object and we come back, that's us encouraging the maintenance of skillful mind state. So they've arisen, we lose it, make a determination, we come back, now, if we come back and go, come whine and complain and, you know, sort of, uh, and it might not be that coarse, but many of us have just a little bit of that, oh, I was off again. Okay. But if, you know, the extent to which we can let that go is the extent to which, you know, we will more quickly you know, maintain uh, be able to maintain and cultivate those skillful mind states. And then, um, you know, abandoning unskillful mind states. So as soon as we notice that we're off, as soon as we notice that we're complaining, as soon as we notice that we're planning, as soon as we notice that we're worrying, as soon as we notice, we let it go. That's abandoning an unskillful mind state. When I say unskillful, it's not right or wrong. It's useful or unuseful for this moment, this moment, in this capacity. You know, and this, what is useful uh, and in tune with what we're doing right now. You know, you did not drive here or bike here or walk here to sit down close your eyes and plan your week. You did. It might be happening. <laughs> That's how I heard. <laughs> but it's not why you came, you know. So just remembering, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, it's a good question. Why? Right? So noticing when stuff comes up, that doesn't belong here and now might belong somewhere else, absolutely, you know, doesn't belong here and now, we let it go, if possible. It's easier to let it go if you have something to come back to. So that's why it's really useful to establish your uh, meditation object off the bat. <clears throat> and then, you know, preventing unskillful mind states from arising uh, is this kind of a combination of all of this you know it's getting established in your meditation object it's letting go of things that aren't serving you in the moment and off the cushion it's creating a habit of goodness and generosity and kindness and compassion uh, so these when you sit down these mind states naturally um are a bit suppressed, you know? 
<clears throat> so we're kind of building a life, aren't we? Where when we quiet ourselves, skillfulness arises and unskillfulness uh, lets go of its hold. But if we think about it in terms of the four right efforts, then it doesn't really matter what's happening, you know, like naturally, like the monkey mind and all that stuff and all that, you know, what everything that we're habituated to are conditioned to do when we quiet down. That's just stuff that we were taught as, a, as kids or we weren't taught this, so we were taught to think or whatever, my, our eyes closed, we're taught to sleep. Like we have all kinds of habits that are other than staying with an object of meditation. <clears throat> but we're retraining the mind. And so if we look at our meditation and our practice and our lives, but let's just <laughs> stay focused. Uh, we're looking at our meditation in terms of the four right efforts. Then we have, we're doing something. We have something to do. And that something is useful, skillful, beneficial, beautiful. It's um, a skillful mind state in and of itself, practicing the four right efforts in meditation. I remember when I first... Um, you know, when I was uh, um, early in my practice, uh, I sort of, um, you know, I would have these realizations that uh, the Buddha had an answer for everything. <laughs> but oh, I can't, oh, my mind is doing this. Well, well, if you're doing the four right efforts, it doesn't matter if your mind is busy because it's busy doing something useful. No, and if it has to be busy, give it something to do that is useful. If it has to be busy, give it something to do in service of the goal of it settling down over time. And we don't have to worry about what's coming up. We don't have to worry about our conditioning. You know, we don't have to worry about our old habits because there's a plan. This this uh, these teachings, you know, for better or for worse, they're kind of, they're airtight. <laughs> There's always something <laughs> to throw at a problem, <laughs> but that's good news. Um, but it can take us a little while to shed some of that um, ego, or oh, I know what I'm doing, or I know how to do this, or even worse, well, I know I'm bad at this. <laughs> well, I know I'm bad at this. <laughs> I'll never be better at this. So I'm not, I can't meditate, you know, or I can't X, Y, Z, whatever, you know. But that's thinking that we have to do something now to become enlightened in the future, or become better in the future, or get something in the future. And, you know, the Buddha taught that what we do now counts. It builds a habit. And the habit building is what creates the future that we're looking for, that we think we want. 
that will feel better. All the things, all the stories we tell ourselves, they can only be accomplished now. So it's useful to think about, you know, when we've been practicing for a while and all of a sudden things look pretty rough <laughs> or we're noticing all the stuff that we thought was gone, you know, or we thought was dissipating or we thought was getting better. I think nine times out of 10, you know, as dedicated practitioners, the, all that's happening is that our standard is going up. We've made an investment in something beautiful and we don't want to sully it. But here's all this stuff. Here's all the stuff coming back from the U-Haul storage unit. <laughs> Yeah, I pay to put a door on this stuff <laughs> and look at it for months. <laughs> and now it's all back in my face. <laughs> we do that, I think, mentally and, you know, uh, in our heart too. just kind of set things aside. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Someday in the future, I'll work on that <laughs> crappy habit. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. yeah, it turns out <laughs> there it is. Um, so for me, just, uh, you know, having good models, being around Kalyanamita, people who are practicing, people who are forgiving, you know, uh, people who notice but can hold space for that stuff is really important. Four eight efforts are... Um, preventing unskillful mind states from arising, abandoning skillful, unskillful mind states that have arisen, maintaining skillful mind states that have arisen, because it's always going to be a mix, you know, and encouraging skillful mind states which have not yet arisen. So it's really like playing Legos. I mean, it's just the simplest thing in theory. Because <laughs> we're just working with skillful, not skillful. Our mix. We're trying, we're doing everything we can to bring this up and let this go. Uh, 